0: Download the Move app and log in with your Mamma Mia login. Head to move.mamma mia.com.au and use code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. Thank you so
1: much. You're
0: listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of land and waters that this podcast is recorded on. From Mamma Mia, I'm Claire Murphy. This is the Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. It's Black Friday, the day where retailers around the world dramatically drop prices so that we can snap up a bargain. But while we might be tempted to splash some cash today, there are others who are teaching themselves to not get sucked in by unnecessary purchases and even plan for a future where they no longer have to even go to work, one penny at a time. Greeting cards are just stupidly overpriced. So instead, I bought a giant box of like all occasion cards that has a 100 unique cards for tons of different occasions and some blank ones as well. And it comes with assorted envelopes, a box with tab organizers and a card planner. And it was only like 20 bucks on Amazon. These people are devotees to something known as the FIRE movement. FIRE standing for Financial Independence Retire Early. And their ideas on how to save money are next level. Today, we take a look at how people are staring down a cost of living crisis with money saving ideas that we may not have considered, and whether we might be able to learn a thing or two about watching our pennies, even on Black Friday. But first, news headlines for Friday, November 24. Israel and Hamas are set to start a four day truce today with the first group of Israeli women and children hostages to be released. According to mediators in Qatar, the agreement will begin 7am local time and will involve a comprehensive pause in the fighting in both the north and south of Gaza with some aid to start flowing into the region and the release of hostages to begin at 4pm. The total to be released rising to 50 over the four-day truce as Palestinians are also released from Israeli jails. Hamas confirmed on social media platform Telegram that they would cease hostilities but both sides have said they will go straight back to fighting as soon as the truce is over. A day after more than 1,000 Victorian school students staged a sit-in at a major Melbourne shopping centre and students marched on Adelaide's Parliament House hundreds of school students are preparing to knock off from class early in Sydney today to join protests in support of Palestine. The organisers of High Schoolers for Palestine are encouraging students to walk out of class across Sydney, Wollongong and Byron Bay to show support for the Palestinian cause. The rally organisers say they have a moral duty to show solidarity for the children of Gaza. New South Wales Premier Chris Minns is not in support of the protest telling students if you want to change the world get an education former Liberal staffer Bruce Lerman has admitted he mistakenly gave incorrect evidence to the Australian Federal Police when he was interviewed over the allegations he raped then colleague Brittany Higgins in Parliament House. Lerman made the admission while being cross-examined in the defamation case he's brought against Network 10 and journalist Lisa Wilkinson. Lerman admitting he lied when he told police he didn't have alcohol in his desk in Parliament House, but at the time of the interview, that's the best he could recall. He also admitted he told security on the night in question he was there late to collect documents, but later said he was actually there to get his house keys, explaining he thought they wouldn't let him in if he told them the truth, that he'd be stuck not able to get into his home. He again denied any sexual contact between him and Miss Higgins in the office of their former boss, Linda Reynolds, saying he spent the time they were there together that night making notes on Senator Reynolds' question time briefs, telling the senator days later he'd come back to the office to drink whiskey because he thought him working on the briefs might have been considered a breach of security. Aussies are predicted to splurge more than $6 billion in the Black Friday sales, with many wanting to get their Christmas shopping done now to budget for the festive season. A new finder survey has found that Black Friday sales, which originated in the US, are now the nation's most popular sales event, with up to 9.3 million Australians already taking part in or planning to shop the sales this year, a large number of which are trying to find a way through the latest cost of living pressures. Retailers are also looking forward to the boost, with shopping. Tightening their belts through recent rate hikes and rising costs. The Duke has spent some time in Sydney, not the Duke of Sussex, the Duke of Hastings from Bridgerton, actor Reggie Jean Page. The 35-year-old posted on Instagram as he enjoyed a cruise around Sydney Harbour before attending a Q&A session in Circular Quay where he talked about upcoming projects, including his movie The Saint, a reboot of an iconic British TV show and later movie. The actor did not confirm whether he was in talks to take over from Daniel Craig as Bond when he leaves the franchise. That's your latest news, headlines in a moment, today's Deep Dive. For most of us, we've set up a life that requires us to work to a certain age, where our super or pension fund begins, and we learn how to exist on a far reduced income, around 67 for Aussies. But while we saved a fair bit during the pandemic, we've been blowing that cash since being let free from lockdowns. And today will be no exception. Australians predicted to spend $6.36 billion in the Black Friday sales, culminating on Cyber Monday. That's 188 million more than last year, despite the cost of living crisis we currently find ourselves in. But for a group of people who call themselves the fire movement, this is not how they wanna live their lives. FI stands for Financial Independence Retire Early, a movement that started back in the early 1990s when the authors of the book Your Money, Your Life, Vicki Robin and Joe Dominguez, first used the term, asking their readers to question everything they've been taught about their money and their values. Let's get this straight. Financial independence does not require you to have a plan to get rich quick, although that would be nice. It's about considering exactly what you need to cover your needs and comforts without having to keep slogging it at work. Accumulate enough wealth to retire on your terms, whenever that may be. So how does it work? Well, first of all, you start by figuring out how much income you'll need to maintain your lifestyle after you retire. Then, at what age you would like to step away from work. So if you need 100k a year to get by and you want to retire by the time you turn 40 – That saving plan is a hell of a lot more intense than someone who wants to stop work at 55 and can exist on 50k a year. So how do they save for that? Well, they get frugal, very frugal. A Reddit thread explaining how some of the people in the fire movement are keeping their pennies safely tucked away.
1: Yeah, like most of the people here, I'm pretty frugal. Not deprive myself frugal, but I generally don't waste money. Like, for example... I've had the same 42-inch LCD television that works just fine for me. I've had it for 15 years. I made and froze 20 burritos yesterday. It was a bunch of work, but will be worth it on those days when I'm just so tempted to order in.
0: I never buy the latest model phone or computer. This year's $1,000 phone, it'll be $300 in three years and I'll buy it new then. It'll still be a huge improvement on whatever I'm replacing so it'll make me happy. Staying three years behind tech is a great way to save money. By ordering groceries for pickup versus shopping in store, I save a few hundred a month on impulse purchases. Also, I leave my husband at home. He has no self discipline. Some people explain how they introduced frugal breakfast, for example, where instead of going to a cafe with friends, they now take it in turns to cook each other breakfast, rotating who hosts at their home. Some ditch takeout food altogether. People call service providers and threaten to leave unless they get a discount. They utilise hard rubbish days to collect pieces of furniture they can repurpose. Some limit grocery shopping to once a fortnight only, allowing just a top-up of milk and bread. Some even describe how they slowed down accelerating in the car so they save on a few litres of petrol per kilometre. There's a Chrome extension for reverse image searching that will help you find the same item on multiple retailers' sites so you get the best deal. And why use your own utilities when you can shower at the gym? And why buy a diamond dug up from the ground when a lab-grown one can save you thousands of dollars when you pop the question? For those who have adopted the FIRE method, at least in the daily threads on Reddit, it seems to be working for those who stick with it. I just hit 700k net worth at 29 I was curious what our saving rate was, so ran the numbers, turns out it's around 65%, which is 16K a month saved after tax, not counting the large tax refund we'll have in a few months. We can push it higher if we want. Even with a few splurges this year, there are more dollars to be saved per month without changing our lifestyle. So expecting to hit a 70 to 75% saving rate. But just how difficult is it to become one of the FIRE movement? Could you possibly save 60 or 70% of your income annually? Alex Jemison is a financial planner, financial journalist and public speaker, and is also the founder of AJ Financial Planning. Alex, what do you think of the FIRE method?
1: I think it's sort of like extreme dieting, to be honest. The idea behind it has a lot of merits in the prudent savings and doing all the things for setting yourself up to the future. The execution part, just like sort of dieting aggressively, it can strangle life. The trade-offs you're compromising a little bit is that lifestyle element. You're living on a smell of an oily rag, not really spending much, and and it's those missed opportunities, and it's where that balancing point is at. So I think it's, yes, it's interesting. It's probably just getting the settings right for it.
0: More than $6 is going to be dropped today on Black Friday. That's a heck of a lot of cash to be dropped in a sale. Surely we should be tightening our belts in a cost of living crisis.
1: Yeah, I definitely think there's that reality check. So if we sort of step back from the cliff around the fireside, the aggressive saving side, and say, look, we need to think about tomorrow we need to be kind to our future self and we need to look at setting ourselves up for the future. I think they're all very admirable sort of aspirations. And so, yeah, you sort of look at it, especially someone in their 20s and 30s, they're often living really large and And possibly on that verge of reckless spending, you know, do they really need to be doing these additional things and probably coming back a little bit with those sort of spending habits and sort of thinking with a a more balanced approach around it saying, look, I need to sort of enjoy life and those things that are with it. But, uh, yeah, certainly going too crazy because what we find is later on in life that, that excess savings capacity just isn't there when they've got the large mortgages and if they have families and those types of things. Yeah.
0: Okay, so Alex, we do need to rein it in a little bit, but it's Black Friday and everyone is telling me, every retailer I've ever subscribed to in my email is telling me about these ridiculous, crazy prices that I'm never going to see again and I'm going to miss out. If I don't buy something today, I'm going to experience some serious FOMO. How do I not go mental on Black Friday sales?
1: If you're sitting there and you've got some credit card debt and not a lot in the bank, it's kind of like a cold shower. You kind of need to cool off a little bit and say, look, first and foremost, I've got to get my house in order. You know, I've got to get myself set up financially. And as much as these opportunities are incredible and enticing and all the rest, it's like, I just need to get all the the basics set up and set yourself up strongly. So if you're a, a wash of cash and earning you know substantial monies and and financial pressures aren't there then that that conversation might be slightly different but for a lot of people what we find is if you have the ability to resist that is a muscle that you need to build it's an important wealth muscle and it's sort of it's a skill so saying no to the the item that comes up that skill as you build it actually helps with future savings you're creating a habit around it and that skill incrementally builds over time So like the gym, you don't go in and lift the heaviest weights in the gym, you might start with the light one. It may be just trying to build that skill over time. And I think that ability to to resist and that ability to build savings is important steps. And, And like any new skill, it just takes a bit of time to progress.
0: Now, Alex, the thing about the FIRE method is that you can easily Google it and get like a billion tips on how to save money. If the FIRE method is not the most ideal way to maybe get yourself in a good position, being that it is sort of a version of extreme dieting, what other methods are there that you would recommend that people can, you know, go and Google and look into and get ideas from as to how to really get themselves in a better position financially?
1: Yeah, I, I think really there's there's sort of a couple of touch points. It's kind of like a little bit of looking in the mirror with the first step, and it's the first step no one wants to do because it's not sexy, it's not exciting, it's boring, and it's the reality check. It's going onto the Smart Money website. You can download a budget and taking a quiet moment with your pen and paper or your computer and and jotting down your your expenses and saying like, where am I actually at at the moment? Am I way off the charts and living well beyond my means and and wondering why I'm struggling so much financially Or, or you're the other spectrum where you're at the fire where you're saving so aggressively, you're too terrified to go out and have drinks with your friends on the occasional sort of catch up it's getting the the now the today it's an inspiring process once you've done it because it's like the big aha moment where it's like okay now i know where i am and then the next question is where to from here and really what you're trying to get to is a point where you you know you're generating savings each month or over the course of the year and you're targeting a, a particular number that you know might meet with some of the goals and aspirations that you might have so it might be you know I want to buy a property or I want to achieve this in life financially but you need that budget that reality check to give you the starting point because then you don't know where you sort of sit on those two spectrum points that are sort of outlined. And look, the government website, Money Smart, is a great, you know, they've got great little tips and tools in there that probably be the first place you'd probably start with.
0: If the FIRE method seems a little extreme for you, you can at least start some small things to get your money situation in check and at least not blow it all on that amazing bag you've had your eye on in the Black Friday sales.
1: What I've found over the years is you're either in two buckets. You can either save or you can't. And so if you're a saver, then you can then optimise your budget to work out where you might be spending a bit too much. And that skill set is very easy for you. You don't have any resistance around it and the steps are easy. And for you, it's an easy skill. It's sort of like a a ball skill. You've naturally just got that inherent sort of DNA built into you. And that's just like a duck with water. The other group is savings hard. And it's like, you know what, I've tried all the different types of diets and nothing's working for me. And so we sort of talk about this idea, I have to create a way of what we call forced savings. So I need to automate my life with my expenses so that things are automatically going off and savings are automatically going off to certain accounts. And my involvement around that impulse sort of purchase is getting constrained as much as I possibly can. And so, you know, if you're working for someone that might be, hey, look, can I go to payroll and ask them to split my pay into a couple of buckets, a couple of bank accounts, one of them set up for savings, one set up for bills, and one set up for having a great time. And that's the only account that I look at that I can see on the internet. And that's the only account that I generally use. And those automated sort of approaches can really help that person that has a really strong impulse around spending and a strong impulse around today sets them up to win. At the end of the day, it's like understanding where your strengths and weaknesses are and just playing to them. There's no point setting yourself up to lose. We want to really set people up to win.
0: The Quickie is produced by myself, Claire Murphy, and our executive producer, Callie Borg, with audio production by Jacob Brown.